You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. Happy birthday, America. It's a uh, July 4th edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you... Have a safe and uh, fun holiday weekend. Avoid work. Hopefully, you're avoiding work on Friday as well. Uh, I think most smart people probably you planners out. There, I'm not the I'm not the best planner, as Josh knows. But I guarantee, if we had a corporate policy, Josh, to where you had to take off days to get them off, you would be that guy that in January probably would have taken that fri- that this Friday off because you're just a planner. Yeah. I, I I am I usually have a pretty good idea of my schedule six months in advance. Like like I can I know when my next two vacations are already. Literally, Eddie and I plan, hate, hate you. We hate those people. I know. Hey, I have one. You know, hate like I'm gonna say during the season everybody's gonna gasp and then realize it's the off week, so it's fine. But um, yeah, so that that's that's going on in my world. You know, I, I mean, we can we can rip on you, but. I can tell you, I, I think I can speak for Eddie. We both suck at taking vacations. Like, we've never really had, I've never really had good vacations. Basically, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, I mean, I'd take staycations just to get away from waking up early in the morning. And then I just do stupid Yeah, that's the vacation shit. is just not waking up in the morning at 4.30. Yeah. <laughs> that's a vacation in itself. Like, I felt like I was in vacation uh just last week like in you don't Atlanta. have to go to like the maldives is it the maldives or just maldive i don't I, know i think it's i think there's no i think there is a the no no it's just maldives yeah and is sure. that southeast that asia i believe that's right like let's, Indo- let's get a little by indonesia are you google mapping it I don't want to uh, by the way, thing. it is it is happy july you it's get like a seven year old prostitute over there it's july <laughs> uh, okay uh, it is July. <laughs> I don't want to get myself. It's like in down trouble. by like Sri Lanka. Is that what you're That's thinking? Southeast of? Asia, like in the middle of like dead south of India. Well, yeah, the Mal- Maldives or the Maldives. That's where they have the best those yachts that or those houses that sit above water. Oh my god! You have to like pan in on Google Maps. It doesn't even show up. It just looks like it's in the ocean. That is that place is one big storm away from just being wiped off the planet. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it probably has before. That might too. have been where they did that that couples movie with like John Favreau and. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do you think they I get think that was like Bora Bora? Daily, I was Bora Bora. Do you think they get daily updates on the polar ice caps? 
<laughs> we're like, man, if, if those things melt like half an inch, we're we're just screwed. Our huts are screwed. Our business is <laughs> over. You won't need the coffee table that looks into the ocean. You'll just be in the ocean. Now, guys, it's 4th of July, so obviously there's going to be some people listening to us even on the 4th, maybe post-4th. A lot of celebratory listening. Yeah, exactly. And I want you to know I'm one of you. I'm a lake person for sure. I think Um, the world can do with fewer lake people. I'm just putting that out there. Oh, that's wrong. Lake people are good people. Now, there is... Let's face it. There's a class of lake person. Yeah, I was going to say, there's two very, and maybe even three or four different, very different lake experiences. There's Kid Rock Lake people, and then there's there's Jimmy Buffett Lake people, and then there's probably like, you know, the Jason Braz... Uh, Jack Johnson Lake people that are a little bit hipper, but still kind of the same younger paired heads. I bet, sure. River, I bet River Rat will be out this weekend in full force. <laughs> Rat. He, I don't know what happens to Ruffin McNeil, but when he, he loves gets him on some a water, boat, doesn't he? He will tweet like he's in charge of OU social media. Like all the coaches, uh, I think they enjoy the water. Lincoln was fishing this past week. Yeah. Uh, Brian Odom was fishing this past week. A lot of lot of fishing been done. I love fishing. I mean, I that's a part of my life that I no longer partake in. But I was a huge fisherman back in the day. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'd, be a pond hopper. I could probably be probably do without. I'd rather go to the golf course. But like, are you a Grand Lake River? I mean, a Grand Lake type yeah, guy or a Eufaula Lake type guy? <laughs> I think there's two different. Are you going to Shangri La? Are you going to? Uh, to, I think uh, Josh to the is, backwoods. Josh is in between. He's Lake Texoma. I'm saying. There's Texoma. I, I, I grew up kind of going to Texoma, so it's not too bad. Texoma's okay. My favorite lake in Oklahoma is Murray down in Ardmore. I, I've yep. always liked going down there. Um, I, I have a buddy that had a cabin that had a place there. down there. Yeah. Well, because it's not really set up like that, so you can't live on the lake. Right. It's kind of a weird breakdown. That's why I think it's not as popular as some others. We did our Letterman's a, outings at Duncan mm-hmm. at Lake Murray. It's no, it's oh, no yeah. Hiawassee. I don't did know about the Hiawassee. No. I've always been impressed by Keystone Lake, just driving by it, but I don't know a whole lot about it. Can't say I've ever been up there too often. The last time I was I by Keystone, yeah, it's a huge yep. bridge. That's why I, I was up there in the spring when it was pouring, and like the you were like, I'd never seen the water that high. That was a little impress. That was kind of crazy. Well, it is July. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on. This is going to be kind of a dick around podcast. You know uh, what we we are in the heart of, don't you? You realize what we're in the heart of? The dead zone for sports, basically, which means we are in the heart of Mount Rushmore season. <laughs> Mount Rushmore season for sure, but it is the heart of the college football portion of the year when it's close enough. To where people, when you talk about college football, you kind of listen. Like uh-huh. if it was June, I wouldn't listen at all. I wouldn't. I just don't care. July, you kind of get there, but we're in the heart of. I can't believe this article was written about <laughs> insert team. Yeah, no, or I mean, just you look at all the clickbait sites that are out there, just trying way too hard right now. Like I saw that uh, the board is up in arms about the Kirk Bowles article about uh, Sammy Ewinger as far as like if you say that Sammy Ellinger is a good football hey, player. said it two different ways so far now. <laughs> How many ways? Here. Hey, every time Eddie says Sam Ellinger wrong, drink. That's what you're doing on the lake. Yeah, right you now. might. You're going to be wasted by the, by the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you say anything positive about Texas, 
Oklahoma fans will just kill you. And vice versa. If, if, if you're Texas and you say anything positive about Oklahoma, it's like the craziest thing that you could possibly say on July 4th. You know what? It's that time of the year when I think OU fans are gearing themselves up for Texas to be ranked number one in the preseason poll. In the Big 12 preseason? Because, because or just the In the overall. Big 12 preseason poll, yeah. Because it's just, it, you have so much media from Texas that it just so happens that they're, they've been so bad that it, you haven't had the Texas effect on the preseason polls. But now that they beat Georgia, they've got that glimmer of hope. You know, Sam Ellinger, you know, other than Terry Bradshaw, uh, he's been pretty much universally praised. When we talk about olds, see Terry Bradshaw. That's the example. <laughs> Well, you know, back in the day when 5A really mattered. Terry Bradshaw's an old, just as much as the people that were upset with uh, the Alex Morgan uh, T-SIP yesterday, because there are people like that that are upset that, and think that that was classless, that aren't British. Yeah. Those people, I'm not going to say they deserve to die. Round them up. But round them up for yeah. sure. We need to put them in a stockade. Peter King's an old, apparently. Oh, my God. I, Josh, I... All right, here I we am, go. I am self-admittedly... Wind him up. Self-admittedly, I'm way too triggered for this, but I have loved George Shea forever. And to find out what an absolute f***wad that guy is after watching the 30 for 30 on Kobayashi versus Joey Chestnut... And granted, it's hard to watch that damn contest because it's just disgusting with the, the wet buns all over everybody's faces. But still, to find out what they did to Kobayashi, basically, it was like Pearl Harbor in reverse. They Pearl Harbored him. <laughs> wow. You, you literally just connected Peter King and the 30 for 30 all into one idea. That's like somebody that I saw on Twitter saying that the uh, the celebration yesterday was too much because the Boston Tea Party was an act of terrorism. <laughs> I also saw somebody... Yeah, are we far enough away that Boston Tea Party and Pearl Harbor... No, somebody I don't think said, we're oh, is it, away. Is it still too soon? Yeah, is it still, still too, soon. too soon? Yeah. The other one that I uh, really enjoyed was uh, somebody had responded to Peter King and said... Uh, oh, they said... Uh, you know, he said the thing about the oh, children going hungry and was, stuff to highlight gluttony. when We have such a, you know, a hunger problem in our country. Somebody else followed it up and said, yeah, that's why when teams pour Gatorade on their coach, you know how many people could have been <laughs> drinking that, that Gatorade? You know how many people die from dehydration a year? That's well, I mean, good. there's only millions of people in India that don't have water right now. But, you know, he's celebrating Gatorade. It's so funny. But no, I, I just, uh, I, I was disturbed by that. It's just, you know, Major League Eating is such a low rent, I mean, operation after watching that. Like, I remember, we looked it up to find out. Kind of what you expected though, right? Like what you win if you win the hot dog eating contest, which if you go on that show Chopped on the Food Network, I don't know if there's any people out there that watch Chopped like I do. But like, if you win the round... To advance to the grand finale, you get $10,000 just for winning a round. Those people shots. are creating food, though. But I'm saying the people that are the, the biggest champions in the world of competitive eating, 
they only get $10,000 for winning. That's too much. It's not too much. It's not nearly enough. It's too much money. You should win f- at least fifty thousand dollars for being because you can stuff your changes. face faster than somebody else. Yes, those guys oh work gosh. hard to eat that much food. They do not. Oh my gosh, you, this is like you calling. Didn't watch this. I I had it on, but you little, didn't watch the a little thing the about exercises me. that Joey Chestnut yes, was I, going I, through. I heard them. <laughs> the little they were uh, disgusting. A fun fact about me: if you have subtitles in your show, probably not going to watch well, it. Kobayashi hasn't learned to speak English yet. And that's why he should have been kicked out of America. <laughs> All right, this is Trump's America. That's a that's a fire take right there. We speak English here, Kobayashi. That's right, especially on July Fourth. <laughs> but it is funny that you know that this this came out and it's it's clear. I don't know how much that was played up because with documentaries, you never know. They, I mean, it's called a documentary, but they're not really documenting anything. By the way, when's the the quarterback? When's the Spencer Rattler QB one coming out? That the unofficial forty is supposed to that we signed a waiver for. That's a good question. Uh, usually, it's like probably middle August, maybe something like that. By the way, did you see that? Uh, what the latest thing was with the indie coach, the former indie coach? Yeah impersonating a lawyer uh, a lawyer from california like, like multiple felonies yeah he might not be a very smart individual i know that's breaking news to a lot of people <laughs> did they announce what they're doing this next season uh yeah they're going back i think to indy but without him yeah so they'll have all this stuff documented i believe so Ooh, that'll be good what if he's in his Could hot tub about bragging that. about impersonating uh, a lawyer definitely is gonna have to sell that hot tub if he needs a lawyer <laughs> so yeah i mean it's that time of year and i guess my 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 kobayashi fake anger is over now yeah, eight felonies i were did you guys like it i thought it was i thought it was a waste i didn't understand why that was, was a 30 for 30 i thought it was great. i was i was really looking forward to it and then it was just like Kobayashi sad. Roll credits. Like, His mom died of cancer during the thing. I mean, come on. What does it have to do with the competition? I mean, it was sad. How are you yeah. saying it was fake sad? I'm not saying it was fake sad. I'm saying, okay, he's sad. End of story. Like, that's not a story. There was no depth to it. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, they have a rivalry, but they really seem to like each other, and there's no hard feelings at all George between Shea, each other. George Shea made him sign a basically a slave contract that controlled all of his competitive eating functions and then when he wouldn't sign it uh, some contract that was so one-sided and he wouldn't sign it he wouldn't let him compete anymore in the nathan's hot dog the the guy that turned nathan's hot dog eating contest into a, a nationwide spectacle he basically told michael jordan hey uh nba doesn't want you anymore yeah but michael jordan's an athlete that dude just eats. Kobayashi's trying to See, eat a lot. I don't know why. You all you there. guys, all you guys sitting there cooking on your grill, Carrie thinks you're an athlete because you're going to eat six hot dogs not a day. To mention, and you can do it. Not to mention, uh, I think you should eat one and give five away to starving children. Not to mention that low Peter? rent organization that, that only gives you ten thousand dollars for winning had international appeal and they threw it away. I mean, like the NBA is like starting a league in Africa. Major League Baseball is going to London. 
Your Cubbies are going next year. Not if they keep playing like the, the way NFL they are. plays in London. What two, is it more than two games a year now? I mean, does this surprise you though? It, it's in Staten Island. Staten Island's trash. Probably. I've never been there, but I, I haven't either. Imagine. But I can imagine the boardwalk is <laughs> completely <laughs> trash. I bet it's disgusting. Yeah, I'm not surprised by any of it, but it, it just I, I I'm surprised that Nathan's has their name attached to such a low rent operation. Doesn't surprise me at all. And I'm disgusted by George Shea. But at noon tomorrow, we'll all be watching, right? Isn't it at noon? Or I guess 11 here. 11 here. But Kobayashi's not in it, so why would you watch it? Joey Chestnut's going to win. And that's the other thing. Joe, from what I did see, Joey Chestnut is... Oh, he's, he's a, a supreme loser. Yeah. Like, he gives off that vibe that... There's nobody more important in this world than Joey Chestnut. I will say, yeah, his his arrogance for being who he is is very unjustified. It's like, dude, you eat for a living, okay? Like, if What's we want to consider net worth, you're not even Jeff Gordon. I think say if we wanted to consider the most famous athletes, like where would Joey Chestnut rank? Like barely above like a middling NFL cornerback. No, not even that high. It, it'd have yeah. to be like a WNBA play, bench player. Like, I would recognize Lisa Leslie before I would recognize Joey Chestnut. Oh, if I saw Joey Chestnut, I would. I think I would recognize him. I don't know. I'd probably... Maybe more than Sue Bird or somebody It would have like to be that. in the right setting. If I walked past him, like, you know, at the mall or something, which a place I haven't been in a long time, but I probably wouldn't realize who that is but if it was at like an eating competition or something i'd be like oh that's joey chestnut i mean think about the person that wants joey chestnut's autograph that's the real loser oh my god i <laughs> can probably build you a uh, exact bio of somebody that would what would their twitter bio say that would start probably talk about the reality shows they love to watch it would start location staten island Probably I, something along the lines of uh, proud husband, father, uh, brother, and son. Maybe one of those. And love. I've seen Lee America. Greenwood one hundred and twenty-eight times. Oh, there's. A, I talked about this this morning. There's nobody that's worse in the world than the guy over the next couple of days that will tell you how bad America is, what's wrong with America, and oh by the way. Lee Greenwood, that song's really not about how much he loves America. It's about something else. So, or the, yeah, no, or the Bruce Springsteen song. I was, no, the Bruce Springsteen song really apparently is uh, anti-America. Yeah, but it's still a good but song. But the Lee Greenwood... People are going to listen to it. The Lee Greenwood song, there's not one, one shred of evidence throughout that song that is anything but, I love America. There's no hidden message in... in Lee Greenwood song. What is it? What, what is the name of the song? God bless the USA. Proud God, to be bless, an, God bless the USA. Is it no, proud, to, proud be to be an American? Yeah, no, it's right. God bless the USA is the name of the song. Hang on. 100%. I'm pulling up Spotify right now. I'm looking at it right now. God bless the USA. Point. Eddie Radosevich. Hmm. Let's see here. The other thing is, like, Lee Greenwood, he's not playing D.C. tonight. Like, he's he's got some casino in Arizona or something that's probably paying him a mill 
Just you know who is sing that song. You know who tonight. is playing a casino tonight? Who? Toby Keith. What casino? Mohegan Sun. Oh, that's the big one. He's getting paid a million. Who's playing on the National Mall? That's that parade's supposed to be awesome. They're gonna I don't have know, tanks. I mean, that's usually. That's a, a remember last. They have a hard time getting acts because you know Donald Trump is not liberal friendly. Yeah, and, they get some like the third tenor that nobody's ever tend heard to of. Be liberal. It's crazy how that works. And there's other musicians who are not liberal just because musicians are liberal. Like maybe Probably. maybe a scooper. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I I mean this is the time of year. Everything that we can say about OU football right now is stuff we've already said. Because Eddie and I were talking about this, like, how many times can you talk about? This was his point. How many times can you talk about OU's defense? My 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 like, thoughts on Oklahoma's defense are the same that they were in mid May, April fourteenth, yeah, or mid April, yeah. They need Nothing's to be better. changed. They need to be better. And I don't think I don't think I mean, there's no way Alex Grinch is like, oh, I feel much better now than I did after spring practice was over. No, there's nothing that has happened. I mean, other than, you know, some freshmen that might be more impressive than you thought in summer workouts, you still have to get them out on the field, though, to see if they could do anything. Well, did you read what he's been telling Josh Eaton? Yeah, that was that was uh, amazing. That's a, a real an amazing quote. quote. He told me what it is straight up. Oklahoma is hurting at defensive back. They're hurting on defense. Basically, he told me that if there was not, he told me that there was not one person from the defense that could go to the NFL right now. And he he's been pretty consistent that that's how he feels. Like he hasn't been praising anybody in particular. I think I would say what Ronnie Perkins might be the the one guy that got just universal praise during the spring. Wouldn't you say that, Eddie? Kind of Neville a little bit. I think Neville in in ways got, uh, I guess, I don't know about pub, but there's just so many question marks going into the season and obviously i mean we're going to be in dallas here in a couple weeks and that's going to help i guess to maybe get an insight into what's been going on this summer but i mean outside of insert name has really looked good working out with footwork guru down in who wherever like what i mean how much are you supposed to really take out of that it's been and they're in the same spot that they've been in for the last five or six years as far as there's going to be some reason to think that they could be better, but until they actually do it, who who knows? Dude, I've been working out with Chuck Gut Skills Handwork Champion Academy. Yeah, I'm glad you can catch tennis balls with your eyes closed. <laughs> can you fucking tackle somebody? Can you do that? We need, we need to build a website with that academy. Just see who we get to sign up. Oh, I'm sure that there's people out there that paid hundreds of dollars to do it. Gary Murdoch's Handwork Academy. <laughs> the the uh, Aaron Donald Knife Academy. Oh yeah, that oh my that was so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it I looks mean, great. Can you imagine how many just uh, just 
I don't know, just charlatan trainers are out there with knives after seeing that. Just cutting kids up. It's like, oh, well, I'm trying to be like Aaron Donald. You're not Aaron Donald, okay? Let's get that out of the and, way. Exactly. Like, do you? I mean, and you know, they're like, if you want to be Aaron Donald, this is what you got to do. Like, there's only one path to the NFL, and that's to like risk your life and land right. at 14. Oh, we need to make a. We need to make a. What we need to do, Eddie? God, this is like. We're well, talking about our YouTube channel, which is still in the planning stages. I would love to recreate Tom Amansky's defensive baseball skills video. Do you see Fred McGriff talking about it? Yeah, well, I played it good. this morning. It was really good. He fi- I mean, it's like one of the world's biggest unanswered questions. Like, why the hell did Fred McGriff do that Tom Amansky thing? In his prime. Yeah. Was I mean, basically, was it? he was a very well-known player right at, at that time. Yeah, he had just become you know, one of the better players in Major League Baseball, but it was because Tom Amansky helped him with his swing six years prior and, and apparently fixed his swing. And so he just asked him as a favor, will you come down? And he booked a field. Like, uh, when he it was in Chicago. I think they finished playing it. it well, he was playing for the Braves, so they finished playing at Wrigley. Probably playing the Cubs, yeah. Yeah. And he just came over there after the after the game. They he said, "Put on this T-shirt and this hat, and just say this one line." And it was so like it, it was so low rent. Like who would have thought that that would have been a commercial that played for twenty years, nonstop? I wonder what the biggest uh, camp money grab is out there right now. Bakers, <laughs> two hundred bucks. I mean, Baker made a lot of money at that camp. I was at least a full day, and but he's you know out what? there interacting and doing stuff. It's better than some that don't even show oh, yeah. up to the camp, you know? Yeah. I always thought, like, Wes Welker did a good job with his camps, being there. There was a one year when, like, Adrian Peterson couldn't do it, so they got, like, Jason White and somebody else to come out and do his camp. But I don't think... The thing about Baker's camp is... I don't think a lot of those campers are hurting for money. It's a it had a definite rich white kid vibe to it. Probably, I don't know. I or mean, a well-to-do white kid vibe. Is that racist? Well, I'm just there. Were there a lot more white kids out there than any than black kids or Hispanic kids or Asian kids? I blacked out after somebody tried to step in front of my <laughs> camera shot. Uh, did we ever talk about that, Josh? Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, did we talk about it on the pod? I don't think we need to talk about it on the pod. I, don't, I didn't know okay. if you were aware. Yes, we talked about I, it. I, am, I think okay, everything yeah. is, There's rules of everything etiquette. Everything is fine now. There's rules of etiquette. Everybody is friends. Everybody's getting along. We're good. But there was a media scrub. Why are you doing and that? Takes no it's like shit. the no talk thing around your neck. You're... <laughs> Tell me not to say anything. <laughs> it's a gag order, Eddie. That's what it's called. Uh, I, but yeah, I, I mean, Kinky. I think I'd, I would be more interested to go out and watch like uh, Skip Johnson's baseball camp, I think, than another Baker Mayfield camp. They are having a uh, elite camp right yeah. now for Skip Johnson. I think that thing was like. Mark McGuire was, like was five hundred bucks. Mark McGuire's kid was here. Yeah, is that the so is that the the little kid like the little bat boy? I don't know. He would be older, wouldn't he? 
I think he'd be older. This well, must Mark be another McGuire's son. Kid, yeah, he would have to be like almost 18, you would think. Well, I mean, that was in 98. So that was, he was at least oh, yeah. 11 or 12. So he's way older. This has to be like a younger yeah. younger kid. This is probably, this kid probably was born with uh, HGH in his body already. <laughs> so Mark McGuire doesn't have to give it's it to him. It's just fused with his DNA. Yeah, exactly. Androstine Dione, just, it's part of his makeup. Kid pops out and is like, oh, why do you have pimples already? <laughs> well, it's Mark McGuire's kid. It's back acne, kid. Uh, but, you know, I, I will say this. I, I mean, you guys have kind of finished publishing all the the five-star content. Uh, you got Greg Vandegrift in there, uh, Brock's father. Kind of just cleaning that all up this week. Josh, was there anything that was kind of... I don't know that that kind of summarized it for you. I don't know if there's like one idea that really stood out to me, but it was one of those things where we came into that camp and it's one of the reasons I like having the guys around each other and kind of being in those those settings is because you get a good feel like with Bryson Washington, you you get to talk to him a little bit, but you also see who he's hanging out with. And he's around Josh Eaton a lot. And he's, you know, you kind of get a feel for like, because these guys love to talk about, oh, that's my boy, that's my guy. But then when you get around the camp, you kind of see like, okay, that really is a buddy of his yeah. or that's just dude, dude, he knows. You know? So you start getting a feel for relationships. And as we head into the season, the fall, you start getting a, okay, that – that guy commits, that could have an impact here, and you can kind of see the dominoes starting to fall. That's kind of like what I took out of it last year was, you know, Trajan Bridges and Theo Weiss were obviously very close, yet there wasn't a ton of interaction with Jaden Hazelwood then. And it kind of left you thinking, I don't know, you know, how really interested he is in OU. At well, the- I mean, to be fair, Eddie and I had a lot of trouble interacting with Jaden Hazelwood. So, yeah. you know, I mean, they were, that, we had to hunt for that interview. Oh, that. I would have lost a lot of money walking out of that interview if you would have said that he was going to sign with Oklahoma in, what, like five months? Yeah. Okay, Eddie, handicap it. Jaden Hazelwood at that moment after that interview or um, the safety from Fresno? that we, oh, LJ, Bird. LJ Moore and Hattari Bird? Yeah. I mean, probably Hazelwood just for the fact that he was able to put together sentences. <laughs> if you would have told me that LJ Moore was going to later go on to be Pimp out his own girlfriend. And pimp out a former OU cheerleader. I probably would have became closer friends with him. (laughs) LJ Moore's probably living in like Southside Oklahoma City. He's going to kill me one day. I'm going to walk out in my garage and he's just going to stand there. Yeah, I think he's been local. I mean. (sighs) I need to get a security detail. (laughs) Eddie, if you see a car when they flip off the lights, man. I don't know if you've seen Boys in the Hood and how these things work, but man, just be cool. That's why I never, that's why I never, uh, Shut my lights at anybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> still... Turn around I, on me. I still uh, live by that rule. Your lights are off. That's your problem. Yeah. That's why I mm. just stay in my own lane, you know? But, I mean, look, the uh, the five-star is great. You know, a lot of, lot of OU ties out there. Um, the opening's been going on. And outside... I mean, I think the only the real thing that we might get out of the opening is just when you can see guys on the line with pads on to me, that's kind of interesting, but 
I mean, OU's best targets there are running backs. And I would say, and Josh, I know we talked about this before the pod, but I've always kind of thought the running back in these camp environments is the most worthless. Other than watching Joe Mixon, just how amazing but he that was, was as a every, receiver. That was everything else that he was doing, tipping balls to himself yeah. and like just like he looking just out of it. He was, a wide, he was a running back that was the best wide receiver yes. at that camp. At a, That's at why it was so impressive. star national camp, yeah. But normally, um, guy who was the guy that got killed that was committed to Oklahoma at the Greg first Bryant. time, Greg Bryant. I mean, like you watch him and you're like, wow, he's big. You know, he's, he, he really does jump in and out of cuts really well. Uh, I remember watching Leonard Fournette thinking he's kind of like Adrian Peterson, but not quite. Um, I mean, you kind of get to you know size him up physically, but I don't know that you ever really learn a whole lot about somebody's running back ability at camps like this. I, running back is the one position that I think the, the best you're going to get out of it as a camp is watching them go through drills, seeing their feet, how they move, how quick they are, you know, all that stuff. Like you're going to get a better feel for that than almost anything else that's going to show, you know, in a camp setting. Because even if you want to say, okay, you could see him as a receiver. Okay, fine. But you're, you're seeing it in a setting where, okay, they reach for a ball and a swing pass or something. That's fine when you know you're not going to get hit. It's a whole different yeah. thing when you reach up to, you know, expose your ribs and you, somebody could spear you. Like, I mean, that's, it's just a different animal. So, well, like I said, I, I would have liked to have been up there. It wasn't my plan not to be. It just kind of didn't work out the, the way um, some travel had gone. And being in Atlanta and seeing almost all of these guys that I would have watched this week, really, the only guys I didn't see were like Nate Anderson and Ryan Watts, who I saw like a month ago. So it, it's, it was just kind of a deal where is that really the best way to use our time? I'm already working on what I'm going to, like, you know, we talked about early in the pod. I'm a planner. I'm already, you know, I've already got a basic outline of my season schedule even into November. So like I, I, I'm going to see everybody I need to see. It's, it's no problem. And again, with McGowan and McClellan, the two guys I really didn't get to see this spring, I'd rather see them in a game setting than just in you know shorts and a t-shirt. If you have any questions about Jace McClellan, just turn on that state championship. Yeah, game. it's not like you haven't seen. <laughs> and that's a good, pretty good competition, right, Josh? I would say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's not Allen or Duncanville, sure. but I mean, you know, you're you're playing. Even like you go down to like Jalen Conyers playing a state championship game. You're playing a state championship game. You're playing good talent. I mean, it may not be on your level because. You know, Jace is special, Jalen's special, that's fine. But in general, especially at, at Jace's level, you're playing good athletes. Go ask Nate Anderson what he thinks of Jace, because they knocked out Frisco Reedy last year. And everyone, my my nephew goes there, and my brother, you know, he's in the band, so my brother goes to all the games. Like, he was blown away by Jace McClellan in person. I mean, you've seen it on TV. I mean, like yeah, he's, I said. he he was unstoppable at points during that game. And it was hard to imagine that it was like, oh my God, this guy's just a junior. I think he should and sit two, this year and just go to college next year. I could be down for starting to advocate for that. <laughs> that would, I don't think there are some olds that would not even be able to grasp that idea. Oh, Alito would burn to the ground. People just calling into the local radio show. Yeah. I oh mean, my gosh. Hey, Kerry, something you can tell your brother, I just looking at the schedule, Reedy was the closest game Alito played all year. 
Yeah, they were really hot in the playoffs. That was the, the light. They have a linebacker that's really good, right? Or was he a who 19? does? Re- uh, Reedy. Yeah, Re- Reedy graduated quite a bit. You could tell. <laughs> Excuse me, when I was there. Um, but I mean, like the week before, they played South Oak Cliff. Alito did and beat them by two touchdowns. They played Reedy, one by ten. The next week in the state semifinals, they played Wichita Falls Rider and won by fifty six. And the state championship, in the state championship game, they won by thirty six over Fort Ben Marshall, who's probably got yeah. five, six Division one guys. It's a factory out there. Oh I mean, man, you, I mean, it's been out there. I watched that. Uh, oh, what I forgot. I think his name's Jerry Christopher. He put together that documentary. It wasn't Friday Night Lights, but it was something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Followed Alito around and. I mean, it is when you think that is as close to uh, Friday Night Lights type Permian, I would imagine that you can get in the state of Texas. Oh, there's no question. It's a cool atmosphere out there. It really is. Because like you're you know, you're right on the edge of Fort Worth, but it feels like you're out in the middle of the country, like it just kind of out there in the middle of nowhere. And you've got these kids that grew up and all they want, you know, it's kind of like Ada back in the day, like all they wanted to do was play football for Ada and same deal with Alito. And in this situation, you also get, you're close enough to Fort Worth that you get some guys like Jason McClellan or Jojo Earl in the 2021 class. It's a really good uh, slot receiver. You get enough of those guys to kind of either move in or they come in, whatever. And then you've, you've really got something because you've got the program guys and then you've got just enough of that elite talent to separate you from all the schools in Texas that have kids that grew up dreaming of playing for, you know, Alito or wherever else. You know, I, I, I mean, coaches obviously have been, we talked about that earlier, been on vacations, kind of getting those in, tweeting, uh, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I guess like the next big step, before the season is the barbecue, right, Josh? Or is there, a, yeah. or is there an official weekend they're trying to set up alongside that? Or I guess they can't right now. So yeah, I think say that the window is closed at this point, so there's nothing they can do. But yeah, the the weekend should be the first thing. I'm hoping um, probably early next week to start putting out my first list of visitors we're expecting to come in for that. We've already heard some good names, um, but yeah, I mean, I, and I think you'll again, you know. When Lincoln Riley and that staff seem to be at their best is when they've got a big event to sell. They they can really sink their teeth into it and show the kids. And they I I think some of it is the staff largely being very young guys. They can get out there and play you know and have fun and do the water balloon fights. And you know I don't know how the new uh, standing president is going to fill in for James Gallagher and his water balloon fighting last year. But um, Gallagher you know, probably trying to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody taking my spot. Uh, Dude, the only no. reason we were nice to you is because you were the president. You got to kick rocks now. <laughs> wow. They turn fast on you there, Jim. Well, your old buddy Eddie. If he would have knocked down the honors college, I'd probably be more of a fan of him. <laughs> uh, but no, like I said, I, I think you're going to see a lot happen. But it's kind of interesting to talk about because there is so much that probably will happen between now and then that it's going to affect what that junior day or excuse me that junior day that uh barbecue is going to look like because i think we all expect andrew rame like to know his verdict by then bryson washington announces on the fourth of july yeah i love bryson but i don't love him for that choice um 
Then you've got, you know, guys like Josh Eaton could announce here before too long. Um, Brendan Walker's now in. So how, you know, there are just a lot of moving parts that are going to affect, okay, do we want to bring this guy in? Do we not want to bring this guy in? And they'll kind of, and, and I think fans, will get an idea of what they're looking at by based on that. And then again, you're going to watch, and I talked about it in the, um, the Brendan Walker, uh, the new feature I kind of worked on called the big answers, which it was just an idea of kind of, okay, what this has happened now, what are we looking at? And really I look at linebacker and everybody's worried about it for years and years. Now Brian Odom has two guys and Edgerin Cooper and Brendan Walker. He can start looking to 2021. So maybe you see some 2021 linebackers, really get a push from Oklahoma over the next month and then show up on on campus for the barbecue, and then you can really start to build that bond. Those are probably the three guys that o- that Oklahoma fans want to hear about the most. And uh, I guess we can start with Brendan Walker just as far as uh, it finally happened. He finally flipped from Oklahoma State. And then I want to ask you about Bryson Washington and then obviously uh, Andrew Rame since he was kind of the – the centerpiece of our last uh, last podcast, but yeah, and is that is that a win that there was no commitment since our last podcast? I think it was. You know, I, I said on the pod last week. I said it several places on the site. I thought if he announced when we were potting last week, he would have picked Georgia. As more time goes on, I feel like Georgia's momentum recedes a little bit, and yeah, you're starting to. And I spoke to a source last night, and they kind of said. I still think he's going to go to Oklahoma. Like, and that was the first time I'd heard that in a while. Now, no one is sure. And I mean, Georgia's not sure. Oklahoma's not sure. Michigan, for whatever they're involved at this point, they're not sure. Uh, I talk to people at Broken Arrow and I don't get a lot of impression that they really think it's all squared away. So there's still kind of things going on, conversations with, you know, with him. I will say he is more quiet now with me than he had been in a little while. So I'm thinking it's all getting pretty close. Um, I, I would, I, I said last week, I thought it would be over by this coming Friday. I don't know that I'm there with that yet, but I do think we're getting, we're getting down to the final probably seven to 10 days. Well, it definitely seemed like, I mean, and from everything that we had heard in Atlanta, uh, and then you come back and 24 hours later, we're recording that podcast seven days ago. I left the studio thinking basically he's going to commit in the next four or five hours. Like I thought it get was ready for the melt. I basically yeah. thought it was imminent. Yeah. I was preparing for a meltdown. I, you know, guys, what I was hearing, just none of it. Like I said, the momentum was not on Oklahoma side. Sure. And I think with Lincoln Riley and Bill Biedenbow and just the, enti- you know, Drew Hill, you go down the entirety of that staff. I think they've done a good job of just saying, you know, Hey, just take your time. No rush. Don't, you know, they knew where they kind of stood. And I think they did a good job of just like, make sure you look at everything here. You know, don't, don't get swept up in this pitch or that pitch. Think about, you know, what you felt for a long time. It's and a, it, I Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's almost like a side of recruiting that you never really think about as far as, you know, everybody's always saying, these guys got to be out. They got to be recruiting. They got to be in these guys. Uh, you know, what's the the cliche line is recruiting is kind of like shaving. You have to do it every day. And while you are doing it every day, it's almost like instead of pressing and pressing and pressing, you almost have to say at points, like, just give it time. Let it breathe. Let everything kind of work itself out. And that's kind of basically what you're saying Oklahoma did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can talk to a lot of kids that are, if you push, they're going to get turned off. It's not their speed. And, uh, again, and you've got to know where things are. Like if Oklahoma's 
you know, we're in the lead. We just have this guy in for, you know, the spring game, whatever. We need to push. Like, this is as good as it's going to get for us. We need to get him on the boat if we can. And it's because you, it's because you recruit every day that you're able to do that, right? Because absolutely. you have that well, relationship. Because you're so present, exactly. Right. Like, you know the people to talk to. You know where you stood. I, you know, I, there is no question to me that Oklahoma knew that things were not trending in the right direction a week ago. They, they, and that's why I mentioned it in the pod, and I mentioned it uh, in the notes thread that I posted before the pod went up, um, that... Oklahoma, you know, Lincoln Riley had gotten in touch with his father and had a long talk with him. My impression from talking to Andrew is I don't think he was even aware that that conversation had happened until like a day later. So Oklahoma wasn't like, I think they were trying to do a good job of making sure all the people that were going to be involved in this conversation from Andrew's side heard from them. But maybe we're going to give Andrew a little room to breathe. You know, so I, I think they were kind of just reading the situation and i i think they played it pretty well i if he picked georgia right now it shouldn't shock anyone it's very possible but i still think in the end no almost no matter what happens at this point i would still bet on oklahoma in mid-december all right let me throw this out um as you mentioned bryson washington gonna announce on fourth of july to what tomorrow at seven is that what he said? Yeah, I, I believe it, so. I, I, That's I right. I thought it was even later. I think it's but, 7 o'clock. Okay. So um, here's my question. This is me trying to put on my uh, Sherlock Holmes hat. We know that... Take that off. It's douchey. We know that... Uh, <laughs> we know that, uh, you know, he's got a lot of family, probably a lot of Texas family. If you If you make that announcement at a big family gathering... Don't you want it to be something that everybody's going to kind of celebrate? Would that would that give Texas an advantage? Uh yeah, I mean like I can see how you would argue it that way. I don't think we're going to have a Landon Collins scenario here where like mom is like going to throw <laughs> the hat down or that just horribly uncomfortable television moment. Um I when you know and Eddie and I we talked to him last week and he you know he mentioned, you know, mom Mom kind of prefers Texas, but he also was like, but she wants me to do what, what I want to do and what's best for me and that kind of thing. And I, some kids say that, but I mean, I really do have the impression this is Bryson's decision. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. And I, I really expect this to be Alex Grinch's first major win. Um, I mentioned it in the pod and actually before we came on, I was talking to you guys about it and I was going through the list of times that Oklahoma has won head up against Texas for a four star or better recruit. Since 2003, it's happened twice. Twice. And that's just unbelievable. And now I think Oklahoma's going to hope that things go a little better for Bryson than maybe Alonzo Dotson, uh, former Oklahoma defensive end, a uh, big time signee out of Elsick. Yeah. Um, and then you have Kenneth Murray being the other one and a little too early to judge where murray has gone but i i think i think it would be safe for ou fans to hope that maybe washington's first couple years are maybe a little less up and down than kenneth murray's that's a terrible stat i would keep that to yourself well i you know like i said I, the problem was anybody. is 
I teased it. Like I kept saying, oh, man, this hadn't happened in forever. hadn't happened in forever. And I really expected to find Alonzo Dotson. Like, I mean, like, not that it was him, just that kind of, okay, it's been almost 20 years. I kind of forgot about Kenneth Murray and how hard Texas pushed for him down the stretch. What, wait, wait, what about Jamarcus McFarlane? No, no, Houston area. Oh, Houston area. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what Houston, I, cause, yeah. because it's just, when Vince Young picked Texas, it, it just killed everybody else in Houston for a while. He was such a big deal, and he had all the success at UT that it was just a conveyor belt of guys going to UT from the Houston area, and Oklahoma's never done that well in Houston anyway until the last about maybe five years. So, like I said, that's that was what I really wanted to look at, and now you've got, you know, not two comparisons you're dying for. Nothing, like I said, Kenneth Murray is, it's an interesting conversation. Um, but Bryson Washington's a guy that I'm sure Oklahoma's hoping can come in and make a pretty early impact. Now, that was what? That was Rame Washington. You said there was a third guy, Eddie, right? Yeah, the latest commit in Oklahoma's 2020 okay. class, Brennan Walker. Uh, finally, I guess flipping, and I say finally because I think that everybody, there might have been some points there. Uh, that you didn't really know what Oklahoma's situation was, but I think everybody kind of thought that this thing was going to uh, end up how most in-state recruiting battles between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State have gone here over the last Did couple Robert of years. Did Robert Allen have anything weird to say about this one? Uh, it, there was some type of uh, veiled shot as far as... It said something along the lines of when Oklahoma and Oklahoma's... Uh, media members or something get involved you usually see how it ends up or something like that it was ignorant is to say the least well if we could all go to you know robert's class of journalism 101 i mean we could learn a lot there Mm -hmm. um but no i you know with brendan i i don't know how anybody on oklahoma state side of things could have felt really good because he he makes the whole comment about oh i feel good about oklahoma and i think it was robert allen that was like oh he's he's done blah 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 so i hit up uh brennan just to just to verify and you know because that's what we in media do and he said oh you know i i feel better about oklahoma state but unprovoked no nothing for me i just kind of asked him if he was done and he goes yeah i i kind of said you know i feel better about oklahoma state i'm a little more confident where i am with them but I'm not closing the door in Oklahoma. I'm still talking to them. Like, I, I still want to hear from Oklahoma. So from the very beginning of this, you know, renewed um, connection to Oklahoma State, he was very clear that nothing had really changed with Oklahoma. He just felt better about OSU than he had. So that this happened, it kind of surprises me that it happened this fast afterward. But I, And I mentioned it a few weeks ago in the pod. I had a feeling that Oklahoma was trying to decide what their numbers were going to look like. And I think once they got Edger and Cooper in, they kind of said, okay, we want to have Brendan, and we're going to let Brendan, we're going to see how other things play out. I, I still think Brendan could end up inside, or he could end up being the rush guy in this class. There, there's a lot of, there's still some conversation about how that's going to play out. I I would consider him consider him a linebacker right now because I know they still want to look at some rush guys. But if that doesn't go the way they want it to, I think they're more than comfortable putting him in that role. 
his senior film is going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully he can play the entire season and not have any injuries or anything because just from talking to uh, some people around the McGinnis program, they're basically going to say, all right, big boy, go find the football, make a play. You have, you, you're basically going to be in the middle of the defense, go find the football, tackle. Just make your way through all these just, 5 You're going to be better than a yeah. lot of people that you play against. Go make a play. Oh, I, you know, there's... There's not a lot of guys on any level. I mean, I don't care if you go Texas 6A. There's not a lot of dudes that are 6'2", 230, and can run. I mean, those guys are – that's why they're coveted. So, um, you know, and like I said, I you know, I mentioned earlier Grinch doing a really nice job with, um, with Bryson Washington. I think there's a lot of credit due here to both he and Odom because they identified him. They, you know, they knew that – you know, he. I think sometimes Oklahoma gets knocked in state because they only offer a guy if he's got all the major offers already. And while Brennan's got some good offers, I, you know, I don't know that you'd say he had anything on Oklahoma's level. Um, I, I guess you could argue Texas, um, but there, there just wasn't though. There weren't those elite offers just rolling in for him. But Oklahoma saw a guy that could help them and could really answer a question. You know, where we we've talked for a lot on the pod about. Well, it's really hard on defense right now because you don't have anything on tape. You know, there's nothing Alex Grinch can show these guys with guys in OU uniforms and say, this is what it's going to be. This is, you're going to fill this spot. You're going to be here. He can't do that yet. So he's going off a lot of faith. And this is the kind of guy that has some athleticism, brings good things to the table. And because he's an in-state guy, he's going to be more inclined to buy what you're selling. So I, 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 I like I said, 2020 to me is about finding the best pieces you can get, putting a good product on the field in 2019, and then I think in 2021 we start getting a real picture of what things are going to look like in recruiting. Because I I always think that first year is really tough, especially when you've made as many changes as Oklahoma did. Uh, I and to me that's the what I think OE fans should be excited about is that you know Alex Grinch and Brian Odom are finally recruiting to a system. The two positions that have been probably, I mean, you could say defensive end has been a struggle, edge rushers, but linebackers, especially after the last two years, and then secondary, safeties last year more so than anything, uh, but quarters haven't been great. Like, it's just nice to know that they have coaches that are coaching to a system. Uh, They're younger guys. They believe in what they're doing wholeheartedly. Everybody's on the same page. That's got to pay off, you know, compared to what the bleep show that was happening. Guys, we've talked about that going a couple years now. I mean, you just can't each year reinvent yourself. You have to be what you are. And I think people that are like, well, why is no you recruiting this guy or that guy or blah, 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 because they don't fit. And that's cool to go say, okay, best talent. And in the NFL, you can do that because you can turn over your roster in a year if that's what you really want to do. But in college, man, you you have what you have, and it takes you at least two or three years to get the, the personnel that are going to fit your scheme. But Oklahoma, luckily, kind of already had the groundwork laid but we, as we talked about forever, it seemed like Mike Soups could never just commit to, okay, we're a three down. This is what we're going to do. Well, now Grinch kind of has the basic outline, and now he can get the guys that really fit what he wants to do. And you're starting to see that with guys like Perrion Winfrey, the big long corners like Dante Manning and Ryan Watts. So you get an idea of what he's looking for. And if he can start to just 
turn the corner on the field, there are a whole bunch of elite guys that would love to buy into Oklahoma. It's pretty incredible, and I think you've seen it on the offensive side of the ball. And Brock Vandegrift might be one of the, the best examples just as far as when you are able to get some success on, on one side, on one particular side of the football, it kind of becomes a snowball effect. And especially when you have a, a program and, you know, everything that goes with a school like Oklahoma, uh, it just makes that pitch even stronger to guys. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously they're going to need to turn it around on the field and that's going to be seen if they can do that during the season. But uh, if you are able to do that and then you do get some, uh, you know, highly ranked guys that are able to buy into the program and uh, want to be a part of that. I just would think that that, that pitch, you're, you're not having to knock down some, I don't want to say negative recruiting, but you're not having to answer questions that maybe you would, uh, that, that maybe these guys are right now on the, on the recruiting trail. Oh, there's no question. And, you know, also, Eddie, when you look at it, and, you know, we talk all the time about momentum and getting things going. Well, look look at Oklahoma's in-state offers. Gener- generally, guys that are going to be more inclined to commit early. Ethan Downs, defensive end. Kendall Daniels, a linebacker. A.J. Green, corner. Those are your three 2021 in-state offers. If you could get those guys on board, then you start, you know, because it's not just about, okay, they're good talents, because they all are. I, I like all three of those guys, uh, you know, to varying degrees. But you also get to say, okay, We've already got one corner in 2021. You, you know, Rivals 100 guy from Arizona or wherever, we've only got one other corner spot left. If you want to get on this with us and maybe go compete for a national championship or probably make the playoffs three out of your four years here, then we need you to go ahead and do it. And it allows you not – you don't want to get into too high high stakes of pressure – but you get to lean on the guy a little bit and say, hey, you know, we've got you and three other guys, first come, first serve, and we've only got one spot. So, like I said, there is just a chance to build momentum when you can get some on-field, you know, something on-field that you can sell, and then you get these other things starting to happen. Uh, Okay, uh, really, you know, Big 12 Media Day is coming up July 15th. Oklahoma will be on that Monday. Uh, so that's the first chance we'll get uh, in a while to talk to players. We kind of have an idea of what to expect that OU is going to take. And from what we've heard, doesn't sound like Jalen Hurts will be someone that is representing the team, which I think is only fair. I mean, he hasn't. he's not going to be named the starter until they're in camp. Um everybody would like for him to be there. I think that'd be really good publicity for Oklahoma. Uh, There'd be a lot of, I think you'd have some national writers that would be more willing to decide. I mean, probably Sam Ellinger will be the biggest name. Would you say of all the people that'll show up, Eddie, your guess? Just trying to think of anybody else in the big 12. Yeah, I would would certainly think so. And let's say Sam Ellinger is a fringe national award candidate jesus i mean watch what you say there's going to be people that take this the wrong way either side of it like some people think that he's the greatest quarterback of all time and then uh there's other people that guess what are surprised that he can complete a screen pass guess what bitchers um you're talking to people who have covered the last two heisman trophy winners we know what a real quarterback looks like well i'm not saying sam ellinger's not doesn't have some good qualities he's a tough kid 
he, he, he will go back out there with a concussion because his coach makes him do that and play. But he's not special as a thrower. He's just a really tough, gritty quarterback that that makes plays. I think he's a really good college quarterback. Yeah. I have no problem saying he's... And that's like... I, I think people think elite? that that's like a, no. a, a bash on him if you don't say, oh, this guy's going to win a Heisman. It's like, I, I don't know if I'm there yet, but no. you know what? If Texas wins the Big 12, he's going to be in New York City because that's the way that the Heisman Trophy is uh, won these days. If you're at a blue blood and you do really well, if you yeah. go 11-1, and 12-1, and one, or 13-0, and 0, your, your team's going to get... Your quarterback's going to get there because... That's all anybody cares about. Uh, we kept getting Josh off. Sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. For me, Ellinger is like not the runner that Tim Tebow was, but a better passer. Like he's yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. That. Yeah. Um, I, you know, and like I said, everybody. <laughs> It's so funny because you'll see Texas fans. Well, nobody's ever done this, this, and this. Well, there's like 17 criteria. It's like the stat I heard the other day about it was like LeBron James, Oscar Robertson, and um, oh, the guy that just signed for the Bulls. Um, and it was like 17 the criteria. The guy or whatever you're talking about? No, it was, oh, damn. It doesn't matter. But like, if you create enough criteria, you can make any guy fit into a conversation yeah. of, you know, okay, this guy and Ted Williams are pretty much the same person. <laughs> uh, no, that's not the way that works. Yeah, because they play baseball. Nobody yeah, has they both ever, play baseball. That's nobody who has ever started thirty-four games has in their career has thrown for this many yards, rushed for this many yards, and thrown this many interceptions. The, and had a completion percentage between sixty-two and sixty-two point five. You know, like okay. the other the other part of that is the people that oh he's not going to be Baker, he's not going to be Kyler. Who is? Those yeah. are. I still don't think that people realize how good and successful these offenses have been and it's not I, I and again I said this last year but I just want to caution everybody don't expect that it's in it's well, think about, almost I mean, incapable to ex- expect something like that think about it this way uh, Sam Ellinger is running the offense that JT Barrett ran at Ohio State it's not it's an offense that lets you make some plays with your feet it can create some big plays down the field. And it's it's as good a passing offense as you can make it as a thrower. And he can make it a good offense, but it's really it, it's it's just not the most explosive offense. There's a lot of misdirection. There's a lot of QB run game. Uh, it, it's it is not like what Lincoln is doing as an offense. Well, and I think a lot of that. And I guess this is probably just because... Like, they would love to have Jalen Hurts run their offense at, at Texas. He'd be great for what... To me, Jalen Hurts would run a very similar offense. He'd be better in the run game. He wouldn't be as good of a, a deep thrower, probably, as Ellinger has been. But he's not going to run that offense at Oklahoma. I mean, Lincoln Riley is not changing to Urban Meyer's offense. How good were a lot of those Ohio State offenses just because they had a really good running back, too? Yeah. Like he took a lot and of the pressure off line. of those guys. I mean, look what Ezekiel Elliott was able to do up there. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, they want to run. I don't this think Keontae Ingram is Ezekiel Elliott either. Yeah, where, where they pound you Dude, and then J.K. All, Dobbs they, is really good. They lull you to sleep and then hit you over the top. You've got to be good enough up front and have a back that's a difference maker to make that work. That doesn't just happen because you want it to. 
Yeah, I mean that the the one thing about Texas that's just weird is the running back thing. I mean, like that they just can't do better than what they've done. Well, it, it was like once the states you went to to find running backs, like they always had great running backs, and now the state's flagship program can't find. I mean, and again, I think Keontae Ingram's a pretty good back. I, He's I, a good I think back, he is. Yeah. I, I think he can be a comparable guy to Kennedy Brooks. Like I not maybe not in style, but just like production. I think I think he's a similar level of player. But is that I mean, that's not Ezekiel Elliott. That that doesn't he he's not gonna cure all that ails you like an Elliott or somebody elite like that would. Yeah, I mean there's so few backs that can do it all for you. I mean sure. the tough runner, the receiver out of the backfield, the breakaway speed. I mean I, even Oklahoma hasn't had that very often. I do think it is fair to say as a whole, though, we go into Big 12 media days in a couple of weeks thinking, I mean, it's OU and Texas, Kansas and Kansas State, probably nine and 10, three through seven. You could spit out a preseason poll with any of those teams in any order. I'd probably say, yeah, that probably sounds right. I'll be really curious about Iowa State. I mean, people forget. I think that Iowa State's getting ready to set out, even though they have Brock Purdy coming back. It's a classic uh, everybody's going to wonder why they're not putting up the numbers that they did. And it's very easy to distinguish. They don't have a Keen Butler and they don't have David Montgomery anymore. That uh, They had that other receiver, though, that was pretty good. Well, against OU, anybody was good. Everybody was yeah. good against OU. I think this is kind of crazy. I think Baylor's going to be pretty good. I think Charlie Brewer and yeah. Matt Rule, and they. the only tough road game that Baylor has is in Stillwater. They have they have OU, they have Texas, they have TCU, all in Waco, and all the stuff with Gundy, just how he doesn't handle, you know, not having historic success. It's just weird. Like that just seems like it's a and and the stuff that's gone on with recruiting with him. <laughs> Mike Gundy recruits like he thinks he's Nick Saban, doesn't he? A little bit, and Nick Saban's not even as crazy as he is. I think Nick Saban works a hell of a lot harder. No, he does. He There's no doubt does. about that. If he yeah, I, I, if he's recruiting like Nick Saban, I think Mike Gundy recruits like he thinks Nick Saban recruits. Like ah, oh, Nick Saban just rolls his head out there. No, Nick Saban's a dogged recruiter. That dude works yeah all the time on it. Like I think that's I don't think that's what Mike Gundy imagines Nick Saban actually does. Nick Saban was back in his office two days after hip surgery, working long hours. I mean, he's insane. You know, oh, it's like I said, he is. I mean, there's a reason he's the standard. Um, and, I mean, there's... Okay, there are more than one reason he's the standard, but, the I mean, you, you cannot fault the guy's work. I mean, the dude is tireless. At what, like 65? I just heard Bagman, Eddie. Did you just hear Bagman? I don't think there's any doubt that... the bag I don't want to be accusatory, well. but, yeah. Just... There's, it seems to be there's growing sentiment in college football that everybody's doing it. Yeah. Some people are doing it on a completely different playing yeah. field than others. And I think that for the most part, you could say that, what, 12 of the 14 in the SEC are probably doing it. They have 14. Is that right? Yeah, 14. Yeah. yeah. But I, Vanderbilt is not. And probably, I don't know. Vanderbilt probably is. I mean, they're basically cheating in baseball. In baseball. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, you're naive to say that everyone that's really good 
isn't cheating. Especially the Blue Bloods. Like some people like Tennessee are probably cheating poorly. The people that should be really upset are the people that are cheating their ass off and still losing, like yeah. LSU. Why do you think people hated Butch Jones so much? Because he wouldn't? Or because no. they were paying enough they to They were recruiting to cheat. really yeah. well. I mean, they were getting him the players. That's probably true. But yeah, the LSU, if, I, if I'm the guy that owned that chain of Arby's or whatever that was paying for oh, offensive yeah. players, yeah. I would be pissed. Oh, you said Butch Jones. That's where I, you meant Les Miles. No, Tennessee Butch Jones. No, he's Jones. talking about Tennessee. And then he also said LSU oh, as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, and They're all kind of lumped in together. I'll, I'll stop helping. I had Butch Davis in my head, and I was like, Butch Davis at North Carolina. Nobody's giving him any damn money. Well, Butch Jones is at Alabama now. No, no, I, I'm with you. No, no, I Butch. Part of the rehab that. program? No, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's the coaching car wash. Basically is. Go, go in there, clean it up, and all of a sudden, you know, Steve Sarkeesian doesn't have a drinking problem. So it's funny how that works too. Maybe it was just an LA thing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to find a bar in Alabama. I'm sure. Well, there are, there aren't any in Tuscaloosa. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, big 12 media days. Look, I, I mean, I would imagine Kenneth Murray will be there. Kenneth Murray. Oh, that's, a, that's a guarantee. Creed. Gallimore. Neville. Gallimore. Who's your other offensive guy? CD. Yeah, I could see oh, CD. Yeah. It wouldn't be bad. Or Calcaterra. I don't think there's any guy that's grown more in front of the camera than CD Lamb. When I first started interviewing that kid, he was nervous, like terrified. Yeah, yeah. And now he's like, he's like, man, I'm freaking CD Lamb, whatever. So it's it's he's I mean he's a receiver. He's become a star receiver. He's all grown up. I think that's out of everything this year, I think I'm most excited to see what kind of jump he's going to make. I I think I'm pretty on record saying that I think he's going to, I would not only be in the discussion for the Blitnikoff, if he's not a finalist, I would be, I don't want to say shocked, but I'd be shocked if both he and Tyler Wallace aren't finalists this year. My only problem with Tylen is just the the quarterback situation. Yeah. What did you think of Spencer Sanders coming out? I didn't love him. I I, I thought he was kind of like what we're talking about with Ellinger or Ellinger. God damn it, Eddie! You've got me doing it now. <laughs> Have a little uh, respect for the guy. Make say his name right. <laughs> uh, so I I kind of thought he was like Sam. Like he just was a guy that was a really good athlete. Um, wasn't elite as a passer, but you kind of thought, okay, he's big enough, athletic enough that can develop. Um, but I definitely wasn't a guy, you know, I, I know that there was definitely some overtures from, uh, from some people around the program to kind of try and get Oklahoma to take a look. And from what I could gather, there were, there was never a lot of interest. Even, even when the, um, the Cameron Rising thing happened. You kind of thought, okay, that guy makes a lot of sense. Maybe they go after Spencer Sanders. Even at that point, I heard no talk that that was a real possibility. What's it, who's the last Denton guy or quarterback that's been worth a damn? J.W. Walsh wasn't terrible. Yeah. I mean, if he wouldn't good. have had a, that but foot let's say, injury. Let's say you know, a star that became a starter. 
I mean, um, it seems like those guys all grow up playing two or three years down there. I mean, I mean, Sean Robinson's terrible. Yeah. What did uh called that one? The Eli Sowers kid just committed to A and M, right? He's a guy or kid, yep. right? Yeah, I saw him actually last year against uh, Devon Graham, um, and uh, kind of the same story. Like, I mean, now he was just a sophomore, so you don't want to get too much into oh, he can't throw because you just don't know that you want to see more. But I mean, he is six four, six five. He can really run, really fluid athlete. Um, I thought he threw a decent ball. Like I, I didn't think it was like a oh th- that'll never work kind of thing. But he needs time. I mean, he he's not the guy that you don't watch him and you're like, oh, Brock Vandegrift better watch his back. You know, there was none of that. So, um, but I I think it's a it's a take that makes sense for A and M because again, like we talked about when Brock happened, dominoes start falling. Man, you know, once the number one guy's off the board, everybody starts moving. And I I mean, I would expect by now and what. August, eh, mid-August, I bet you five, six, seven more major programs get their 2021 quarterbacks. And I think I think that's – it's good that it happens that way because then I think for the most part guys feel slotted in and they're like, yeah, I made my choice. And there's nowhere else for, for me to go. And it's funny. I mean, that's what – you know, we talked about it with Brock. Like, oh, well, could he look around – yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There'll be some program that's kind of the situation Oklahoma is in 2020, where that you know some guy could slip in there if he wanted to. But for the most part, you know, it's full. Like guys, you know, the quarterback is kind of the first domino to fall. All right. Well, um, look, we're looking forward to uh, July 15th. Sort of. We we'd like a little downtime here this weekend. But, uh, yeah, stay tuned for uh, any any and all announcements that could be happening around the holidays as uh, Bryson Washington coming down, whether you're listening to this uh, either today if you're listening on Thursday or tomorrow if you're listening today on Wednesday. Uh, so keep keep up with all that. I know um, I wanted to appreciate everybody that took advantage of uh, our, uh, our promotion that we've been running uh, since Brock Vandegrift committed. Uh, it was a great promotion, one of the best uh, Junes that we've ever had at the site. So uh, glad that you guys could sign up for that, uh, and uh, glad. And it's still running. And it's still we we have we extended it. Yeah, it's it's to I believe a week. It's on the ninth, I think, is when it ends. Ooh, we it we had such we good gonna, response. We were going to end mm-hmm. it yesterday. Yep. But uh, okay, yeah. So uh, go get it till the ninth. It was to celebrate. Uh, Bob's child. God, I can't believe I haven't brought that up. I mean, I got so used like to not like I, you know, we didn't really want to talk about it. I think you know, first kid and all that stuff. Jo- but anyway, yes, congratulations to Bob and Brittany. Uh, first child, healthy girl. What seven pounds two ounces? With that, was that it, Josh? I believe that was right. Although I don't want to say too much because I, I, I know they want to keep a little bit of it to themselves. So um, I, I everybody, but I know I know he told us they're home now. Everybody everybody's good. Everybody's healthy. Um, we're hoping Bob has slept since we talked to him last. Those first few nights are are rough. We started a war room without him, just not to bug him. Yeah, because you our company our company wide. 
text group. There's nothing worse. There's nothing worse than you've got the baby down and like you've set your phone down on their little nightstand and the phone goes off, wakes the baby up. That's that's not a great time in your life. And I thought you said something interesting and it really made it hit home with me yesterday because uh, Bob thought that they, you know, the, the schedule was that they would be home yesterday and they and they followed the schedule. Uh, and you said you remember when you left the hospital for the first time and you were thinking like this can't be right they can't be allowing us to take a child home like oh we don't know what we're doing tiffany and i both were like what like because you kind of think there's going to be this big like all this circumstance it's going to be this like you know oh and before you go let's talk about this and this and this they're just like all right you your doctor said you're good to go yeah we're going to roll you down like tiffany's going to hold the baby in the wheelchair but the funny thing was the funniest thing for us is like we had gone through all the um car installation like and we had gotten real serious about like to the point we'd driven around our neighborhood with with nothing in the like we put weight in it we taken weight out to see if like it was oh going to move God. like we were really cuz everybody had, it was like the one thing Tiffany and I got really scared about like we don't know how to do this so we we got that right and the thing that we'd never actually considered is how to buckle them in the damn thing we'd never done it before and so we're like so I, I set her in it and Lay, Laney's so little. I mean, she's just, you know, like it, just, the seat just envelops her and we're kind of looking at it. And there's a lady that's there that basically scans our bands and scans Laney's to make sure that we can leave with her. And so she scans and you're it. You're not just stealing a baby. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, like all the floors of the hospital, like you have to go through this whole series of, okay, scan this, scan this, just to make sure that babies go home with who they're supposed to. Um, and the other, and so we get down there and I'm like, okay, do I do like, do I click it here? And she was like, sir, I can't touch the baby. And I'm like, you, you can't like, there's, you've never seen a car seat before you work here all the time. And she would not like, she would offer no advice, no help. She just stared at a liability thing or something. Yes. Oh no. I mean, I get it, but I'm like, damn it. So I'm trying. And then like, I get it on her. And of course she's furious and I'm trying to tighten it and that's only pissing her off more. It was a, it, it was a shit show, but like, yeah, you do like you get in the car and you're driving home and you keep looking back like there's a baby in this car. Like that's, that's my baby. And it's just, it's a weird sensation. Like this can't be normal. Like surely we, we forgot something or like some, somebody was supposed to tell us something that they didn't. That was the part that Casey Anthony didn't like. Wow. What? I watched the A and E series. That's I'm just throwing it out there. I was wondering Is that what went wrong. They just forgot to tell her. Yeah, that was, yeah. that was it. I was wondering this, Eddie. Like, how Other much that, respect do you have for Megan Rapino? I like her. Is she like a female Eddie? I don't know about that. I think we. Well, you're, you're a lesbian well. I guess too. we. I, yeah, technically, we, yeah. we definitely have the same interest in women, for sure. <laughs> Uh, I like her. Not bad. I just have been particularly wrapped up with the, um, and we kind of talked about at the beginning, but just the anti-Nike, anti, if you're not American, you're against it. Or if you're not what some people think is American, you're against it. I'm, I'm really enjoying that back and forth between the olds and, uh, I guess just I the new I haven't gotten wave. too wrapped up in all that stuff, I guess. I gotta admit. 
By the way, I want to say this also. I think this was on a ratings and review uh, on iTunes. I don't. I think I'm speaking for Eddie as well. We don't hate children. We don't hate people with children. We're just saying, yeah, you, you have kids. Good. It's not not for us. There's a. I have a bunch of friends that have kids. Yeah. Cousins have kids. I like kids. I'm great with my nieces and nephews. I have two, and like you guys have there's no, it's never been a problem you guys schedule around my kids shit all the time like it's not that big a deal people i mean it's annoying people look for stuff to get well yeah no i'm i it would piss me off if it wasn't me like i get it it's no problem <laughs> uh but i mean people with kids have to understand we have to deal like like there are certain things that People without kids are a not going to understand, and b don't give a shit about. Nobody wants to see the pictures of your kids every t- like. You guys have been around me. I've never shown you pictures of Laney. Been like, oh look at this. Like I'll send you something when I look stupid. Like Laney puts me in a tiara or some shit like that. Like something funny. But I'm not like, oh look how sweet and adorable my little angel is. She's my little. She's my problem. She's not yours. What's his name that uh, made fun of your daughter? The Baylor apologist? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Jason King? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Has he uh, moved down to Mount Vernon to cover high school football yet? <laughs> you know, I, I love that like he finally gave in when like basically it was just clear that there was no way that it, it didn't happen the way everybody thought it did. What I never understood about that thing was... You fought with him all the time. I really didn't say much to him, but he blocked me and not you. I was always surprised about that. I thought he would block me because I that I was I was Eddie like in my pursuit of him. Like I real I all I needed was a good hashtag. Like that's my JoJo. Um, but I I went after him at every turn because I just couldn't believe how dense he was about the whole thing. And I. Honestly, I don't think he was. I think he just didn't want to admit it. Like, he dug himself such a deep hole that he didn't know where to go. That was weird. I, I don't know if it was because maybe I shamed him at some point saying I used to really respect you when you worked for Yahoo Sports or something like that. I could see it going that way. I, I feel I, like I did kind of I, tell him like I'd lost respect for him at one point. I never when we get into Twitter that. fights, I feel like two of us always end up involved, and there's one that's the the Eddie character, as it were, and there's one that's like the you know I just I wish I think you could have done this in a better way. Like it's kind of like the dad shame. Yeah, you know, like I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. I don't think anybody's ever disappointed though when we all three go after Taylor Ham. That's just I've easy. Never really that's just contributed easy. to that stuff. It's to just easy. It's too easy. We need uh, to find someone for Bob to go after. Oh, my God. That's if we can find, we'll like, know, a mortal enemy for Bob. That's when we'll know that we've really corrupted him. Well, that's... The, the day that Bob goes after somebody, that person's in the wrong. Like, that yeah. person will be yeah. in the wrong. It'll be 100%. It's like if Barry Trammell went after someone on Twitter. Yeah. Like, you would know that person royally screwed up. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we will get out of here. We want everyone to uh, be safe and enjoy your holiday I'm sorry for those of you, Eddie, who have to work on Friday. Just unbelievable. Uh, but uh, unbelievable. Enjoy your holiday weekend. At least it'll be three out of four days for most of you. It's just the waking up early that's going to suck on Friday. So 
thanks to everybody for listening. Go, don't forget uh, the special. Josh, what is the promo code? Is it Scoop uh, Twenty? Boomer, it's and it's Boomer Twenty Nineteen. Boomer Twenty Nineteen. Uh, you can get uh, if you sign up for just a month. You just want to try us out. We will give you up to fall camp for free. So basically, you get all of July for free. Uh, and there's been a lot of recruiting news lately for you to get. If you sign up for a year, we'll actually give you basically an extra six months for free. So uh, it's a great promotion coming up. I don't, I don't expect the big like if you're waiting for like the big gear promotion. I don't think that's happening this year. So I could be wrong. I think instead of that this year, we're going to actually send you a freshman girl from the Adams Tower. <laughs> no, we're not. It's part of the uh, new uh, no. born you know initiative. Many... Oh, my God. Creepy. So it's a boy, a male. Yeah, that's not going through Rush, but is smart because he's a National Merit Scholar. So good for you. All right. Uh, that will officially do it for this edition of the Unofficial Podcast. Uh, congratulations again to Bob and his wife, Brittany, on uh, their new baby. Uh, so new mouth to feed around here. So go sign up for Sooner Scoop. We'll see you guys next week right back here on the Unofficial 40 on SoonerScoop.com podcasts.